Hi, everyone. Uh, this is JJ Hornblass, and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News. Uh, since 1996, the nation's leading news source on automotive lending and leasing. This is our weekly wrap for May 24th, 2021. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, DeFi Solutions, OneSpan, Westlake Financial, Alpha, and State National for their continuing support to allow you to bring, allow us to bring you this podcast. So pleased to be joined by Joey Pizzolatto, the editor of Auto Finance News, and Amanda Harris, its associate editor. Good morning to both of you. First, to some general economic news. Truist Financial agreed to acquire Constellation Affiliated Partners, which is an insurance distribution platform. Uh, and this will allow Truist to expand its insurance business. Uh, the transaction should add about 160 million of annual revenue to Truist's insurance holdings division. Over the past year, special purpose acquisition companies or unless you've been living under a rock, SPACs have boomed in popularity as a way to take startups public. Today, there'll be a, uh, a, a subcommittee hearing um, at the House of Representatives. This is the subcommittee on investor protection um, and lawmakers will ask or debate whether these shell companies present more risk to retail investors than previously understood. Like General Motors, an EV-only future appears to be on Ford's radar. Ford's head of America's and international markets told Automotive News that while there is no firm timeline for an EV shift, the automaker is, quote, working toward, unquote, that goal in the United States. Now to auto finance industry news. Last week saw some of the stragglers, I should say, uh, of the earnings season come in. This was uh, really the, um, the digital automotive companies released their earnings last week. Let's start with Carvana, um, which had earnings. We're going to look at three uh, earnings from three different uh, digital automotive companies, Carvana, Vroom, and Shift Technologies. And we'll start first with Carvana. Our goal here is to understand what these three earnings say broadly about auto the automotive industry and about uh, auto finance in particular. Uh, Amanda, you want to give us some of the background, uh, starting with Carvana? Sure. Um, so they had a really strong quarter again. Um, not surprising, given everything going on in the industry. Um, so essentially, their finance and ancillary product revenue um, or gross profits um, went up about 114% from last year. Um, from the first quarter. Now, 
you know, part of that is because around that time last year was when everything kind of uh, happened uh, with the pandemic and everything, um, but they did see a large increase. And, you know, that gross profit clocked in about 2,218 um, per unit, basically. Uh, so that they also saw an increase partly because they did do two public securitizations um, that we had a separate story on in March. Some of that was driven um, by that. They did also see a pretty large increase, 82% year over year in their originations, which went up to 1.4 billion. Um, so definitely saw some activity, you know, on their site and sales. Um, we know a lot of people are kind of going that route, trying to find you know, places to buy cars online, still doing remote delivery options. Um, and just right now too, just anything that can give them more options given how tight inventory is both on the used and new side. Um, and it's just hard to find cars right now in general, um, especially if you're looking for certain makes, models, colors. Um, so places like Carvana are kind of set up almost like a marketplace. So it gives, it does give consumers a little bit of you know, more variety in one place. Um, so I think that might be driving some of the popularity to there as well as to places like Broom that we'll kind of talk about. Um, they also, one, one thing that kind of stood out too is they had a new company record for how many cars they actually bought from consumers. Um, so we know also one of the trends that we're seeing is manufacturers are really kind of going to consumers and trying to buy cars because they're struggling to get new like used cars on their lot too. Um, I've even had my own family getting calls now because we have a car apparently that's on the hot list. <laughs> um, so they're, they're wanting to buy one of our cars back from us. Um, and they're definitely uh, pushing us on that. So uh, we're, we're definitely seeing that too. And Carvana is um, one of them as well. So we're even seeing that on outside of the traditional OEMs. We're seeing Carvana kind of do this too. Um, so they're, they're buying more and more from consumers to kind of build up their platform and, and have more variety. So there's a couple of things that kind of stood out to me looking at their, their earnings. Let, let's come back to some of those uh, points that you raised, but first uh, give us some of the, the basics around Vroom and Shift's uh, earnings report last week as well. Sure, well, I'll touch on Vroom. Um, so Vroom also saw a pretty good quarter. They um, had about 11,000 vehicles um, at the end of the first quarter on their site ready for like immediately available, which um, with 35% of those immediately available. So they're also kind of like Carvana, they're, they're trying to get more cars. They did purchase more cars from consumers. Um, as a percentage of their sales, that number purchased from consumers went up to 54%. And just to compare, it was at about 41% last quarter and then 31% in the third quarter of 2020. So they're slowly like increasing the number of vehicles that they buy from consumers also. Um, and they also saw about an 85% year over year increase um, in their gross product revenue to 13.9 million. Um, so they're kind of, you know, similar. They've got a, a really big increase in their e-commerce unit sales, about 96% year over year. Uh, they're still seeing very strong consumer demand on their site. Um, so kind of a similar story on Vroom. But much then, smaller. Yeah, but they're, much, yeah. Much. yeah, they're a little bit okay. smaller than, than Carvana. And Joey, do you want to talk about Shift? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they are much smaller than even Vroom. Um, but similar story. Uh, they, they are buying cars from consumers, and that's really where they're sourcing their inventory from. Um, 
about they sourced 87% of their vehicles from uh, consumers. And F&I revenue continues to just balloon. It, it's crazy um, the, the amount of um, increases that they're seeing. They saw 488% year-over-year increase on F&I revenue to 4 million. Um, last quarter, that grew 300 million, just to put, put that into perspective. 300%. Yes. Sorry. Um, so, so let's come back to uh, some of these broad issues that uh, Amanda, you started to talk about. Um, we know that there is a, the market is so tight uh, for, for new vehicles, for used vehicles, pricing, uh, F&I prices as well. The question is, these numbers on the surface seem uh, eye-popping to some degree, but to what degree do they meet the threshold or the, do they satisfy the threshold of a tight market or are they perhaps, should they perhaps have been even better? Um, how do we, you know, how do you view the performance of these, these three companies versus what we know um, is going on in both the new and used markets? But, you know, obviously the, the bear, you know, the, these three companies have greater relevance to the used car market and a primary basis. Um, well, I'll just chime in a little bit and then if you want to follow up, but um, essentially everything I've been hearing is that while numbers have been really strong, inventory, the thing is so tight, um, definitely hampered them some. So I think they would be a lot higher. Um, and that's kind of what we've heard across the board, not just on digital lenders, but on traditional lenders too, um, you know, or traditional car sales. So they're really saying like, if inventory wasn't so tight, we would be seeing even higher year over year and sequential, you know, just, just crazy numbers. Um, they're like, they should be higher than they are given how high demand is right now. Um, so they, and people are trying to get cars and can't find what they want or are holding off because, you know, they can't find a new vehicle. They can't find the color they want even, um, or they're not finding one in the price point they want or the mileage, you know, so with it being tighter, there's definitely a, a percentage of the market, I'm not sure how big that is, that is holding off on purchasing because they can't find exactly what they're looking for. So there is this kind of um, downside as well of being such a strong market, but we don't have the, the inventory to back that up. So we're not seeing the numbers that we could be seeing if we actually had the number of cars available that we needed to, to actually meet the demand that's out there. And you would say that this is the case for all three of these uh, companies or for one or two of them in particular? I think it's industry-wide. Um, I think it's anybody who sells vehicles, basically, from what I'm seeing and hearing. Um, they have a slight advantage because they obviously list more than, you know, just one brand or one model or, you know, unlike Toyota, for example, they would list Toyota vehicles, right? So, you know, they, they do have a little bit of advantage that they can find, you know, really any make model, 
your brand and, and list those. Um, so these, they might be getting propped up a little bit because of that too. Um, I know if, if I was looking at an, a card and didn't care really, like I didn't have a loyalty to like Toyota or Honda or something like that, for example, then this would be a great place to start. You know, if I'm just looking for a nice used vehicle with a certain mileage, a certain year, um, you know, certain features, then they're, they're like being available to those type of consumers who, who just want some variety to choose from. So I think that's kind of helping them out too. Joey, do you agree with Amanda's uh, assessment yeah. that the numbers probably should have, you know, could have been even higher if the market wasn't as restricted? Yes. Um, and, you know, uh, just to piggyback off what Amanda just said, I think one thing we also have to remember is, you know, while we've seen like in incredible growth at these companies, they still are a very small percentage of the market. Um, and going forward, I think as inventory continues to be very tight um, and, and these companies go, go through the, the avenues that they're going through to, to, to source inventory, um, we might see these numbers continue to grow um, if, you know, consumers are not able to, to find the, the vehicle that they want on the dealership, they'll go through digital avenues to get that. If, if, if the notion is that their performance could have been a lot higher if there were vehicles available, do you have a feeling of how to kind of quantify that or how to kind of put a, a finer number on that? You know, could they, if they grew you know, you're talking about 114% year-over-year growth um, in gross profits at Carvana. Should that have doubled? Should that have been 50% higher? Do you have a feeling for that? Not quite. No. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's really hard. It's it's really hard to you know put put your finger on it. Um, I mean, if you just look at Carvana's growth over the past year. Um, you know, I don't think anybody really expected it to grow quite as, as, as quickly as it did. Um, and again, we're, we're still in, in a very kind of like unknown territory here on, on where things are going. Consumers are still, um, you know, they're not going through normal channels that they, that they used to. Um, and they're, they're demanding different things. Um, and whether or not these companies can uh, satisfy, you know, that demand um, I think still remains to be seen whether whether or not it goes higher, how high it goes is. Um, you, you made a good point that these are, you know, these are smaller. They may be, they, they're relatively small vis-a-vis -vis the market. Uh, but they are relatively large players in the digital automotive market. Compare uh, for us the performance of these digital players may, on an overall basis to more traditional uh, car companies or auto finance companies. Did they do markedly better? Is there something that we can say about digital automotive finance as a result of, um, of what you saw? What you both saw last week in in the earnings from these uh, three digital uh, car companies. So yeah, I can I can start with Shift. They're they're the smallest of the three. 
Um, so to put this into perspective, um, you know, their e-commerce sales were 4,452 units. Um, and that was an increase of 213%. Um, but if you compare that to even one OEM, I mean, that's a fraction of, you know, their sales. They're selling hundreds of thousands of units. Um, Shift is selling 4,000. Um, Room obviously is a little higher, Carvana even higher than that. I'm sure Amanda can, can speak to those, but it's tiny. But did the growth rate at, let's say, some of the, you know, the OEMs in digital sales, has it matched the shift? It just taking shift as an example, shift's growth rate or is shift outperforming the OEMs in terms of digital sales? In terms of digital sales, I would say that they're well outperforming OEMs. Well, that's all they do, right? So, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to. Uh, that's all they do, right? Like Carvana, it's it's pretty much all online. Groom is pretty much all online. So it's it's kind of hard to say, you know, that they're they are outperforming them, but that's all they do. So if I'm a if you're the consumers they are attracting are the ones who want to shop online. So there are a portion of those consumers who are, you know, going to Toyota's website and comparing vehicles. But we know one of the things that we're seeing, though, is consumers who want to go to like a Toyota dealership. Like, I want a Toyota car. I'm going to go to a Toyota dealership. I'm going to look online. But the odds of me actually purchasing that car online and doing all the steps are probably a little bit lower because I'm just doing that for research, right? Like I'm going to go and I still want to go see the car. I still want to you know, do all that. So there's like that type of consumer who's a little bit tech savvy, who wants to kind of do all the research. These are the vehicles I know I want to look at when I get there. These are the ones I want to see. I need you to show me these. I know the Carfax history already. And then there's consumers who literally just want to do it all online. I want to have the car delivered to my driveway. So I think they're, we're seeing them kind of, they are crossing a little bit, but can Carvana and Vroom and, and Shift kind of tap into almost like a different consumer market maybe, you know, younger buyers, people who are very tech savvy, people who don't want to go to the dealership at all. Um, so at, over time, I think we'll see, you know, them catch more people because there, there is kind of a new generation coming up that, that doesn't want to go to a dealership. Um, but we are seeing a little bit of a crossover there. So I think that's part of what we're seeing and, and kind of what we have to think of too. Um, but we are knowing that Toyota's you know, and, and other OEMs um, are seeing some online sales too because of the pandemic in part, because you couldn't go to a dealership. It maybe drove some of those people online and like, oh, this is actually easier than I thought. <laughs> um, so that those, some people might be staying on that once they knew that that was a, an option and know how to do it now. But I know dealerships around here have people crawling all over them now. So I'm sure people are going back out. I mean, Amanda, you're in the process of buying a car now. Right, like so, like <laughs> that's how, why I brought how, Toyotas, just because that's my personal. That's what I'm looking at right now. Um, but so I, I know, like, I will probably go online, and I already looked at like, oh, I want to see this one, this one, and this one. I plan to go there with a list and be like, show me these. These are the only ones I want to see because I already know the history, right? Like, it's very different from going on a dealership, and you don't you have to like look up on your phone while you're standing there in the heat. Like, I would much rather know the history of the cards and be like, nope, I ruled that one out. Rule this now. Okay, these four are good. Let me test drive these and see which one I want. You know, that's that's just the type of consumer I am. Um, so I think you're going to get more people like that um, as more digital kind of goes up, at least for the research side. So would you? So based on that, do you? I mean, do both of you? But 
you know, starting with you, Amanda, do you expect to continue to see these kinds of growth rates at Carvana of Room and shift through the remainder of the year? Or do you expect that some of these growth rates might tail, tail off? And, and I, I would qualify that um, by saying, let's sort of, you know, not make this about a comp to a pandemic year, um, because that, that becomes, that sort of skews the messaging. But the, the underlying businesses at these companies is growing. So, you know, to what degree would you expect the, this kind of performance to continue through the remainder of the year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think like what we've been saying as far as like, since they are probably tapped into a different type of consumer, um, I think they are definitely going to continue growing. Um, I think next year when we look at the earnings, it might, might not be these 100 and something percent year over year, but th that's partly because of how we're comparing it, right? Like this is comparing 2020, which is not really a fair comparison. Um, but also I think with the profit levels, we have to remember too, with inventory tight, vehicle prices are being propped up because supply is so tight. So if supply gets kind of better, you know, down the road, it, it, not this year, it won't happen this year. This year, this is gonna, this is gonna stay this way the rest of the year, I think. But maybe next year or so when supply is better, prices might even out a little bit more. It may not be increasing quite as much on a weekly and monthly basis. So they're profit level might even out a little bit more too. So part of why their gross profit is so high is just because, you know, they're selling these vehicles for just insane prices right now um, because they're, they are propped up so much on the used vehicle side. So I think that's part of it too that we'll have to look at to see what that, we've been talking about this like new normal. We know vehicle prices where they're going to end is not where they were in 2019, but where that is actually going to kind of level off to is still kind of undetermined. Um, so I think that will be that'll be a big part of the number increases that we see on these digital kind of companies too. Yeah, and just looking at shift, um, I would imagine they're going to continue to see um, pretty large growth. Um, they're small. Again, uh, they're only they're not even in, like nationwide um, in terms of their footprint. And as they expand um, and add more markets. Uh, to to their platform, I would I would imagine that growth will continue to uh, to be be pretty high. All right. Well, very interesting. Thank you both so much. Uh, what is on tap at Auto Finance News over the next week? Well, we've got uh, a couple compliance stories, regulatory compliance stories uh, in the works that that should be coming out uh, this week. Um, so. Definitely, um, people need to be on the lookout for that. You don't even need to say that. Everyone will tune in for the compliance stories. Uh, um, thank you both uh, so much. And thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of The Roadmap. Please um, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And, of course, visit us at autofinancenews.net. We'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>